This is Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. What's up, everybody? We're back. Oh, it was a reprieve of a, uh, a nice little uh, bye week to get to watch the basketball team and Man. Watch any bad football. I mean, I'm excited was, about basketball, dude. Dude, I am too. They, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned, a little bit, and I'm excited though tonight because we get to talk. We got a, we got a guest coming tonight. Right? We've had Hutch with us most of the season, but he's having one of those babies. So, um, well, his wife is. It'd be kind of miraculous if he was, but I don't um, know. I, he's not part <laughs> seahorse now. now. Wait a minute. So. Um, so we're, we're changing the lineup a little bit, and we've got a uh, we've got a guest with us in Kevin McPherson tonight, Mr. Arkansas Hoop Scoop. So pretty excited to get some basketball knowledge thrown our way because I think we both lack a little bit there in the just a little, just a little. I mean, football is my forte. Um, I know Justin, who's on our staff, he's he's a big baseball guy. Caleb's a big baseball guy. Basketball, though, I'm I'm a little. I'm a little lackluster I, on that one. I love college basketball, but watching college basketball over the last few years has not been a lot of fun. And so, it, it, for Arkansas, as far as watching from an Arkansas perspective. It, it's been rough, but one of the things that I've noticed in this team in just, what, three games? Right. Intensity. Yeah. Something we haven't seen in a while. I mean, playing buzzer to buzzer. Right, right. That's true. I mean, they—they they, the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, is still concerning. They're get, I mean, they, they they're getting it together, and we'll see what happens when they start playing. You know, that Georgia Tech game here in a couple weeks. Is, is <laughs> that one makes me nervous. But, well, yeah, it should. I mean, a couple of these games coming up are big. Yeah, so there's a couple Indiana's coming up. Yep, yep. So, uh, don't we play? Oh, do we play OSU or OU? One of those Oklahoma schools, I think. Look. Or am I reaching on that one and just kind of pulling that one out of midair? I don't but uh, man, how was your week, dude? Before we jump all into this, it was good. It was good. Busy weekend. Busy this weekend. My, my, my day job's been a little busier here recently, so. <coughs> oh, oh sorry. Yeah. It's the night job. That's where I go when I leave here. Well, that explains <laughs> That's a lot. Right. That's where that explains a lot. Okay, so we, we have this bye week. Yeah. Did we learn anything? Now, we've got the coaching change. Mm-hmm. Okay, Barry Lunning is the interim. When we had the bye week a few weeks ago, we didn't really learn much. It was just kind of. To me, it just, uh, we didn't know anything, didn't learn anything, nothing was different. This one, however, this one has a little bit different of a feel to it. I think I think the, the team's got a little bit of a spark going. Yeah, I don't know that we learned anything. Obviously, there's nothing to really learn. It sounds like they really kind of took it easy last week. It was a, almost like a true refresh week for the team, which is good. They needed that. Um, Lonnie said some interesting things today in the press conference that, that lead you to believe that at least the mindset may be changing. Um, then again, at the same time, I mean, Morris tried to say those things a lot. Now, what I'm most curious about as we go into game week this week is how this team responds to Lunny. Um, I don't think there's any chance in the world that Lunny gets this job, but I think that it would be very, it's very, it'll be very interesting to see how this team responds to Lunny on the field throughout practice. They'll have two full weeks to practice with him. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to make any wholesale changes, which you wouldn't expect. Uh, quarterback depth chart was interesting with a bunch of fours, so which you would expect. I really think you'll see KJ. I do too. Um, now, one one name that was not on the depth chart. Should I say it or should I just? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but did we did we expect that though? I mean, I think we've gotten so used to hearing the name, hearing you know, kind of kind of you know, having that guarantee of, uh, here you go again. No, I'm not surprised because I think, you know, Ben Hicks has to obviously understand at this point the, the, what, what the situation is. I mean, he, he brings no value on the field going forward. Now, 
That doesn't mean he doesn't bring value in the quarterback room. That doesn't mean he doesn't bring value in terms of of, of helping the younger guys come along. Because, I mean, he's still, a, he's still a talented quarterback. He's a college-level athlete. It's not like right. he's a bad football player. And none of those guys on the Hill are. Right. And so, I mean, he's there and able to kind of help these guys learn and, and, and pick up a few things. So, not surprised. He's probably more acting as that extra coach now that they're down a coach. He's kind of acting as that extra coach in the in the quarterback room. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I would I would much rather see Starkle, you know, KJ and, and, and John Steven – you know, in these last two weeks, because again, nothing against Hicks. He just doesn't bring any value no. to the program going forward after these two games. No. Uh, one of the things that, that kind of interested me and one of the names in the quarterback room that is kind of getting gaining a little bit more traction is the walk on Jack Lindsay. I've heard that he's, he's kind of stepped up and coaching, if you will. There's been several times I've seen him coaching Nick Starkle on the sideline during games. Right. So, well, we, we may was, see him. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see him. There was a story that that I guess came out here recently, some or maybe rumor, maybe story, whatever, however you want to how you want to put it. But where they were talking about his, um, I guess how that he's kind of the smartest quarterback in the room, but, but no one talked about it, and, and that he was kind of shunned by the old staff. And and I mean, again, he's been there a while. He understands. To me, he's kind of like a Dow Loggins. I mean, he just gets yeah. to sit in there and soak up football and soak up football. I would expect him to be the smartest guy in the room because that's all he's had to do is sit there and soak up football and learn, and he's had several staffs to do it behind. So, I mean, I'm not – I don't, you know, do I think that we'll see him? I highly doubt it just because – Well, he's the placeholder, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean – Which is – I mean – Sure, they want to throw a pass out of a fake. <coughs> oh, no, no, they – No. <laughs> Just Did simple. You, what game was that? Was it Rice? I think it was the Rice football game this weekend where they were, they were like, they just ran the worst fake punt of history. I'm like, did you not just just a couple of weeks ago? I was going to say, did, did, Cause I think we near as bad that, 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 that ours was. Part of me, and now correct me if I'm wrong here, and, and, and you know, put me in the corner, do something. Don't call Kelly from the Hoggets, but part of me almost thinks that Morris – because now we're starting to hear a lot more of what happened behind the scenes. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not going to name any names or, or, or articles or whatever, but but everybody, it's out there now. Yeah. Well, we had a really interesting thing shared with us. Yeah, we so. did. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't not trust it, but yeah. No, I mean, but now, you remember the you remember the anonymous quote right? that we talked about earlier this year? Yeah. I'm starting to believe that more and more as more of these stories come out. Really, the red flag should have been when Morris started his tenure here with all those different little monikers and different phrases that he wanted to throw out there. He felt fake when he was hired. And I'm not trying to say that like I didn't want the guy because I thought he I was going to say I was with you on that one. But I definitely saw those things and those were things that kind of struck me the wrong way or concerned me when he was hired. But of course I mean, what's he going to say? I mean, apparently the things that he was saying to these guys in the locker room, like, you suck if you were here before because we're, we're here because you broke it kind of attitude, which was the same attitude that Chavis had in, the, in, that, in the press conference a couple weeks ago. So, But, I mean, eight weeks, dude, eight weeks. And he yeah. finally comes out and says, well, it was broken when we got – it took you a year and a half to realize it, though? Well, I don't know that it took him a year and a half to realize it. I think it finally got to the point where they were so they, – they, they, they had lost control, obviously. That's why Morris got fired. And, and <laughs> no Chavis, kidding. Chavis is at a point now where he's just like, I'm just going to say what everybody knows. And and the problem the problem is is if, if it's true that Morris came in and made some of the statements he made when he got hired, then he was never going to win this locker room anyway. It doesn't matter what he did. I mean, 
he was already behind the eight ball with the new Arkansas thing and making the guys that were here mad because they weren't part of the new Arkansas. And, and then apparently telling guys in the locker room that they weren't good enough or that, you know, that if they didn't suck so bad, basically, that he wouldn't be here kind of kind of, kind of attitude. And, and so, I mean, it's come out a couple times already that, that Morris has been offered some Power 5 OC positions. Has he? I yeah. have not heard that. And yeah, and so I think Danny West has reported that. They're not saying who, but – but he's reported that that he's been offered a couple of he's got options if he wants to take. Them. So if he takes if he takes the OC job, mm-hmm. does that negate the buyout that we have to pay? I don't believe it would negate the entire buyout, but it would negate a chunk of it because it would offset how much we have to actually pay versus what he's making. So he would have to get an OC job at at, at market value. So I mean, is he worth half a million six hundred thousand as a, as an OC? Probably, um, I, I would assume so. And so maybe maybe seven fifty, but you know I don't know what that breaks. I guess we're still paid him around. We'd still end up paying him seventy percent of three and a half. So, you know, two two and a half, two somewhere in there, and then yeah. subtract that out. So it'll it'll make a difference, but it's not going to make a huge difference. So technically, and again, I'm, I'm don't come across the table at me, <laughs> but technically we're paying three different coaches a buyout. Mike Anderson. If I if I understood what Will was talking about last week, because I was talking to Will about it, right? Um, which, by the way, he did a fantastic job stepping in when he needed to for Katie this week, um, and for you on Thursday. Yeah, fantastic job. Um, unfortunately, he is not with us tonight because he's under the weather. We hope he gets better. Ooh, um, I know how felt but like I think too. the way he broke it down is is we're still paying Mike Anderson the difference of what he was making here versus what he's making up there at St. John's. So what he was ma- he, we're taking the difference. And subtracting what he's making up there and paying him that difference. Right, yeah. And that would be the same situation if, if Morris was to take And then Bielema, of course, is the, 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 the escrow, and that's going to get right. legal and all that. Now Morris. That'll get settled. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think that's the that's the reason that, you know, when the rumors came out that they would give him a you know, lump sum buyout kind of thing, a settlement for, for Morris. And we were hearing all kinds of numbers. Well, but I think the reason they didn't do that was because – it wouldn't make sense. Why go ahead and pay him, you know, five or six million dollars right now when it's highly possible that he's going to get an OC job in the next year or two? You know, he's young enough that he's not just going to quit coaching, so he's going to go coach somewhere. So why pay him all this money when you're probably going to be off the hook for less than that because he's going to get a job somewhere else? So it makes sense to, to stick with what they were doing because they knew he was going to have opportunities elsewhere. Well, I mean, until so so until we. Actually, and again, Hunter, your check's really good about keeping these things close to the chest. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back from our talk with uh, with Kevin here in a bit. But I, it, yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want <laughs> so I've, I've kind of I've kind of adopted this phrase. I want to jump out of the right lane, take the ha- take my foot off the hammer, and jump on the must bus because we'll actually get somewhere with that. Yeah, for sure. We're three games in. Yep. Into the Muscleman era. Yep. And I'm still just as pumped. From the off season as I am now. Well, if you want to stay excited, keep watching, but keep listening because when we get back in the break, we're going to have Kevin McPherson. We're going to be able to rock and roll. So he, he's going to get us excited, and uh, and, and 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 we're going to talk some recruiting. Um, had a loss over the weekend in recruiting, but um, I think we got some wins coming. So we're gonna we're gonna chat it up with with Kevin here in just a minute when we come back. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports.
All right, welcome back, everybody. We are joined now with Kevin McPherson of Arkansas Hoop Scoop. Um, you can find him on Twitter at, uh, at ARHoopScoop. Uh, look up Kevin as he gets a ton of really good information out for basketball across the state. How you doing tonight, Kevin? Man, I'm doing great. I'm at a gym, so I'm, I'm, it's like home. It doesn't matter where it is. If, I'm in, if there's basketball being played, I'm, I'm there. I'm happy. I hear you. I, I mean, I, I follow a lot of your stuff on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, to know some folks that know you as well. They talk real highly of you and uh, super impressed with your work. I think I've asked you a few times, but curious if you ever sleep because it sure doesn't seem like it with all the information you get put out there. <laughs> some yeah, some nights I get a little bit, and and some not so much. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm through about five or six cups of coffee today, just to, just hanging in there. I bet because I can always count on getting up at about seven and pulling your stuff up, at, and and you've posted something at two or three in the morning with a retweet. So man, he sounds like having enough coffee like me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not a coffee guy. I'm just too many of these Mountain Dews in. That's my issue. I'm, I'm just as guilty on the Mountain Dews too. Yeah, I'm bad about it. <laughs> Well, so I kind of wanted to jump in some recruiting with you, obviously coming off the weekend, um, kind of get your thoughts on, on, on the Chris Moore deal and, and ending up in Auburn and, and the, the, I guess the Arkansas version of the Fab Five, maybe kind of, kind of falling apart with just that piece. But what, what, do you, what do you know happened there as far as with Moore and, and the Auburn situation? Well, I can tell you the way that it resulted and in, 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 in what happened Saturday is, and you know, I'm a glasses half full guy, so I've already moved on to looking forward to maybe a fantastic four. If you can't get a Fab Five, find a way to conjure up a fantastic four. Chris Moore, you know, Auburn did a great job. Wes Flanagan, who's with that a part of that Parkview family tree, played at Parkview, but played his college basketball at Auburn uh, back when Arkansas had it going, and so he's you know, he's a legacy there. He brought his son, Al, Al Jr., to play, uh, Al, Al Flanagan, to play this year as a freshman. Javon Franklin, who's also in that Parkview family, is also on the Auburn bench. And all three of those young men, Chris Moore, Al Flanagan, and, and Javon Franklin, took official visits to Auburn last year, a year ago, when the NCAA started allowing juniors to take official visits. So when he went back in early November, by the way, with Jalen Williams, we'll talk more about him, that was his second trip to Auburn, and everybody just assumed Memphis was in the league because that was the hometown school. You know, Penny Hardaway constantly in the living room and him going to the different various events because it was just so easy to get there. And everybody thought, well, maybe Arkansas's got a good shot here. And it really did look good, guys, for about a minute, maybe for a few days. It, it's kind of felt like Mar- Arkansas might have had some momentum. But in the end, I think those relationships with West Wing and those Arkansas ties, the Arkansas kids they got there, I just talked about that. And I, th- I really think that's what helped Auburn. It doesn't hurt that, that the Tigers, you know, just played in a Final Four and really seemed to have turned a corner in basketball because it was one of the worst basketball schools, let's face it, in the SEC for years. And, you know, they've had some moments, but it looks like Bruce Pearl's got them going and Chris Moore's going to Auburn. All right. Well, yeah, that was – it was disappointing. Obviously, we would have – would have loved to, to get him, but um, I mean, it, it, I figure Must was a little behind the, the I guess behind the, the eight ball there, you know, coming in a little later. I, I know Bruce had had a little more time as well. Um, how do how do things look? I know KK and Jalen Williams are, are both looking to to announce here in the next few days. How, how are we looking there? Yeah, I think Arkansas is going to get commitments from both of them. Um, you know, Jalen Williams is going to announce on Saturday the 23rd so that's just you know five days away he's going to it's going to come down to Arkansas and Auburn we just talked about the fact that he took that official visit to Auburn with Chris Moore in early November those guys are friends they played together this spring and summer on the Nike YBL circuit 
Uh, but I, I think Arkansas's in the driver's seat here. I'll be surprised if it, if he commits to Auburn. But I mean, you know, I was mildly surprised that that Chris Moore, even if it wasn't Arkansas, it ended up at Memphis. But I but I won't be. I'll, I will be surprised if if Jalen Williams doesn't call the Hogs on Saturday. And I think Kalen KK Robinson, the six one point guard who's at at uh, Oak Hill Academy, well, another Arkansan, Jalen Ricks out of, out of uh, Sherwood, but. Uh, I think KK is going to call the Hogs too. He's going to make his announcement on Thanksgiving Day. It's between Arkansas and Kansas. It's his brother's birthday. He's November 28th. That just happens to be Thanksgiving Day this year. Uh, so he's going to make his commitment announcement. Now, the key with these guys is let's say both of these guys commit to Arkansas. We know Moses Moody, the big prize, the national ESPN top 30 guy, number 29 in the country, uh, Saturday before last committed to Arkansas. The talk is that these three guys, between Moody, Williams, and Robinson, are going to wait till the spring to sign. And so that leaves it really to Devontae Davis, the 6'4 point guard out of Jacksonville that committed to Musselman, the first one off the board in October. He's going to sign his national letter of intent tomorrow in Jacksonville at a ceremony at noon at the new gym. I'll be there. Uh, but these other guys, even if they're on board with commitments, if they're not signing until the spring, that's another six-month wait, guys. Uh, and I, you know, that's obviously hog fans got to keep an eye on that because the way recruiting works, if you're not signed, schools can stay on you. They're going to continue to recruit these young men. And, you know, there are no guarantees unless that's that papers, that ink is dry on that, on that letter of intent. So we got to keep an eye on that. But I do think circling back around to it, I do think Arkansas is going to end up with four of these five. And I think we're going to see them come off to Arkansas in the next week or so. Is there any particular reason why they're wanting to wait till the spring just to kind of see what, what kind of evolves out of this out of this program with with Muss's first season, or is there anything to that? Well, you know, you probably get varying responses. I, I you know, the newness of the staff. You know, they are playing catch up on developing these relationships, but they've made up a lot of ground. The presentations are like basically NBA pro level stuff when the players come in. I've talked to not only the in state kids, but some of these out of state kids coming in. They really say that Arkansas is kind of on another level in terms of how they present the, the program and what they can offer because they say it's really like a pro atmosphere from what they can tell. And that's what all these kids want to do. They want to play at the next level. So for, for the Arkansas kids waiting, I mean, everything has been you know described as being really next level and good. So I'm a little bit wondering why commit now unless you're ready to sign now because Wednesday it's over. You let the week-long early period's gone. You have to wait till mid-April. Uh, the only way around that is if you somehow graduated high school at semester and could enroll, but I, that's not going to happen in, in these cases that I'm aware of. So, yeah, really the question is, why would you wait if you're committing now? I can understand if you wanted to wait to commit, but keep building the relationship. Uh, so that is an interesting dynamic and one that is a little bit of a head-scratcher, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and going back on your point there, I, I said I've, I know actually I know Jalen uh, Ricks in, in, at Silwell at Oak Hill now, but I remember talking to him when he came back from his visit, uh, and that was the number one thing that he reiterated when he came back was how professional the staff was, and he was amazed at when they walked in. One of the number one things that, or one of the things they had up was like his stats going back. I mean, like several years, just stats built up of what he did and. And, and, and all of his accomplishments. I thought that was they were they were they, they couldn't say enough good about what they you know their experience. Um, so so what's the deal with uh, what what can we expect out of Kyrie Walker? What's the story there? That situation has seemed to be extremely strange from the beginning since Musk came and there was talk of him being interested in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean it's it he's kind of been a national story. You know, he's for a long time been a five star. Some of that glow has kind of faded, and he's you know he's still a top thirty five guy. High-level four-star if you go by rankings. Six-five strong guy. I've seen him play in person multiple times. 
you know, he's going to be a good college player if he could ever get to that level. And I think there's still some work to be done uh, with, with finishing up some core credit requirements to play college basketball. Uh, he is not taking an official visit anywhere right now. And a lot of times when you at, at this stage, when that's the case, there's some there's some stuff that, you know, off the court stuff that has to be met in terms of academics. So I can't really go into into depth on some of that, but I do think that's one of the things that's been a holdup. He's also got some opportunities for professional basketball. You know, there's some reporting by Adam Zagoria with the New York Times uh, a few months ago talking about him uh, that uh, some professional opportunities in China, obviously overseas on that. And then the G League, the NBA G League, might also be an option for him. So we need to see if he can get his uh, work done. He's not at Hillcrest Prep anymore, so he's not playing a senior season of high school basketball. He's trying to get uh, eligible if he is going to play college and have that as an option so he could come in at the spring semester. So at Arkansas, that would be sometime in December, late December, uh, with an opportunity to play if he can if he could do that. And I think Arkansas is at the top of his list still. I really do think uh, Western Kentucky's there and maybe a couple other schools that might still have some interest. But Arkansas's got a spot available right now. They've got one scholarship opening for this school year, and so they uh, this academic and that and sports uh, sports year, and so he could they would have room for him if he can get it done. Well, I hope that he doesn't go to Western Kentucky because that could potentially be three losses to Western Kentucky in one calendar year. I don't know that we could handle that, especially if we were to happen to not beat them in basketball here in a couple. Kind of weeks, a couple kinda makes your kind of makes your mind kind of spin, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> Well, you know they're 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 hilltoppers, but they've been razorback stompers. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even really funny, but yeah, uh, you know, Arkansas's got to go on the road and face those guys, and and uh, you know, Musman, the way things are going right now, uh, I think Arkansas is going to be competitive uh, wherever they go and whoever they play. Uh, you know, especially in November and December, uh, because I think it's going to take a while for teams to really be able to scout these Razorbacks and figure out. Some of their weaknesses. I think Arkansas is playing with a little bit of an advantage. Having an NBA coach and not a lot of film for for uh, with him at Arkansas for teams to figure them out. So getting to that, what's your uh, what's your impression of Muss and this team over the first three games? I mean, scoring defense are what about third in the nation? Um, scoring offense, they're they're way down there. I think 170th. Uh, should we see any? Should we feel any concern about the offense? And, and just what's your impression of where this program is right now under Muss with these first three games? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little too early to be concerned about offense. And I think we're going to see maybe some things open up if Reggie Cheney gets back. He's a work in progress. A lot of him is just commitment to, to being a college basketball player. But he's his when you look back at his per-40-minute numbers last year, uh, they're really, really good. And if he's locked in, I think he's going to help Arkansas on the inside be a little bit of a scoring threat, which could open some things up. Yeah, the numbers so far have been a little shaky these last two games offensively. The first game, the offense was great. So I think it's a little too early to be overly concerned about the offense. I don't think it's too early to start really looking at this defense because if you go back to the preseason, the perimeter defense was strong. And now we've seen it in three regular season games. Now that they haven't played high major talent yet and guys that are more athletic, bigger, better players. So we're going to see just how good that defense is as we move along. But right now, so far, so good. I mean, this isn't a nationally elite defense. On par with Virginia, these are the the only two schools since, what, the 50s, the 40s, uh, to hold their first three opponents in a season under 50 points. And Virginia's the defending national champion. Tony Bennett's had a great, one of the better defensive programs going over the past several years at Virginia. And so to be in the same company as Virginia right now, even three games in, says a lot about uh, Musselman's 
attention to detail, his scouting, and then taking the scouting that he does and getting his team, and, you know, getting that conveyed to young players, and so that they're all on the same page and they understand what's expected. I think we're seeing a lot of that NBA level intricacy and in how he's getting it from the scouting and the film room and execution on the court. Kevin, this is Zach here. Uh, do you think that Arkansas is a tournament team this year? I mean, that's a lot of a lot of people are asking that or kind of wondering that, and I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Oh, it's too early to say that. They, they've got, again, I think Reggie Cheney, it goes a long way in helping figure that equation out, and we'll see, you know, you know, when he gets back, is he, you know, what what is this time out, you know, thinking about things and, and how does he apply himself? He's a guy, again, I think it's a big key. As good as Adriel Bailey's been, it's just not enough when Arkansas gets into playing some of these teams. Uh, when we start seeing going on the road to Georgia Tech, Indiana, Western Kentucky, and then you get into SEC play. Having said that, I think there's the pieces are there for this to be an instantly tournament team. It's just way too early to suggest that that we know enough that they're going to do that. And you know they were picked 11th in the SEC for a reason. If you go back, uh, there's not a lot of depth there, and there's not a lot of size. But if you go back to the last two preseason SEC picks uh auburn and tennessee two years ago were picked at the bottom third of the league they tied for the league championship and then last year both South Carolina and Ole Miss Ole Miss was picked dead last and they were one of the top teams and they made the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid last year South Carolina finished in the top three or four teams in the league so you know Arkansas can be that team this year uh but I don't think there's enough right now without seeing how Reggie Cheney is going to fit in this fold I don't think with who they have on the floor right now is enough to say it's enough to carry them to that but I want to see Cheney back in the fold, how those dynamics work out, and the chemistry. Uh, but I think Arkansas has got a good shot. So what? what's the – I mean, do we know what is the story with Cheney? Is this a, kind of an O'Grady from the football team kind of thing where he's just got to buy in and, and, and really really kind of kind of you know, get himself going? You know, I'm not going to compare him to that situation, but I will say that, you know, they want complete buying in on and off the court. And, and that even means getting in the gym and staying in there like a lot of guys do – because you can't be your best just coming to practice and doing and fulfilling what's required. You've got to you got to get in the gym and work, and that's what in basketball, uh, guys like Isaiah Joe, Desi Seals, you're seeing more and more with Mason Jones committing to nutrition and getting his body right and coming up being a part of that breakfast club to go in there with Jalen Harris and the shoot arounds early, getting up shots. You know, Jalen Harris has improved his three point shot, but that's the kind of that's the kind of baller's life that you have to embrace. Hey, you want a pro coach to play with in college? You want a guy that's going to help you get to the next level? You got to do your part, and that's where I think Reggie Cheney's at right now. And and I'm not trying to bag on the young man or, or be negative about him. Uh, Muscleman will say, "Oh, he's got to get focused." And I think again, you look at the per 40 minute numbers last year. Here's a guy that can be a force. I think long term, just potential wise, he could be a second team, possibly first team All SEC type at the toward the end of his career. But it takes a commitment, and that he hasn't brought just yet. Gotcha. So, getting off of basketball a little bit, I think we we've got a good idea. Um, let let so on the football side of things, since we're looking for one of those coaches now, Steve, uh, you know that's dangerous right now, right? <laughs> what? So, so, do you have a top three as far as who you who, who who you would be off the top of your head? Top three for the football team? I really don't because I'm not sure what's viable and what's realistic. We've still got some season to play out. There's some names out there that I think would, would want this job, like a Lane Kiffin that was a hot name today. You know, starting early this morning, I'm not a big fan. 
Uh, but I can see some argument, you know, and here's the thing, guys, you got to be careful in this hire because just about anybody with a pulse is going to be better than what the last three years have been. <laughs> Amen right? to that. Absolutely. No, now listen, so, but that's a dangerous thing is you've got to be very forward looking and get somebody that's not going to just fix a problem immediately, but down the line. And, I, you know, I some of these guys that are going to be tempting may be retreads and not guys that are the best thing for the future. There's another side of that, though. Maybe Arkansas is at a point where they'll take any kind of fix for a while and worry about it later. I, I hope it's not to, you know, it's not such a um, a tough job right now that that's what they end up doing. But they're, you know, Mike Leach's names out there. You know, I, I don't. I think they could do worse. I don't think that necessarily be a bad hire. He wouldn't be my first choice. And I don't know that they they're going to have the guts if your checks and have the guts to go to an up and comer and a young guy. Uh, to build, I think they might look for someone that's got some proven track record, even if it may appear to be a retread and maybe not the best thing going long term. But we'll see what the philosophy is. But I think having an opening now gives Arkansas an advantage, so it could work out for them. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, what what is one thing? What is the you think the number one thing that that Arkansas needs in a, in a head coach at this point, though? I really think it's somebody that that. Uh, can see what Arkansas can be and has been. I mean, if you look at Bobby Petrino and what he did, a guy that came in and won 11, 10 games and 11 games and got Arkansas you know, relevant nationally, and one of the things that he brought, I thought, was a CEO type of mentality. I mean, he wasn't just the head coach. Everybody gave him credit for being this offensive genius, and he was. Uh, but he was really, I mean, his staff and guys around him were really like, yes, man. I mean, I think he, I think he planned just about everything for that program. And it worked, and I think you've got to have someone with a maybe not that exact vision, but somebody that can give Arkansas some kind of an edge because they're not going to be able to recruit consistently with the top tier teams in this league. It's just not not where Arkansas is in the SEC to me geographically. So you've got to have someone with some vision. I think it's probably better to have an offensive mind uh, because you can get you, if you have a good system and get a dual threat quarterback. You might be able to offset some some talent deficiencies on both sides of the ball, where there may be some inequities there. But I think the right offensive mind, and then, like I said, employing a, a, a find a real threat at quarterback. It's easier said than done, but uh, I, I really think that you know you go back and look at the Bobby Petrino blueprint a little bit uh, to try to find that guy that's going to spark some life in the program. Yeah, gotcha. Well, Kevin, we appreciate it uh, and uh, appreciate you joining us. Do you want to uh, to give out? I know you've got a couple of different mediums where you uh, where you like to where you put your info out. So uh, you want to give out those websites now and uh, and maybe yeah. Twitter. Yeah, my Twitter is at ar hoopscoop. I'm a contributor and moderator at hogville.net, and um, I also partner. We partner with KNWA in Northwest Arkansas, which is the KARK in Central Arkansas basically the NBC affiliate. So, um, and then I do uh, radio with 1037 The Buzz, Drive Time Sports, and the Recruiting Intelligence Report. Fantastic. Well, you've got plenty of options to find, Kevin, uh, as, we, as you go forward. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, Kevin. We'll let you get back to your basketball. Good to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Kevin. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. 
with a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley spring water. Back to the source. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve, we just joined by Kevin McPherson. Man, what a dude. What an interview. That guy is like a plethora of knowledge. He reminds me, He to me, I would say he's the, the Kevin Kelly of basketball. Yeah. He knows his stuff. Yes. And he is, he is very in tune, not just with, with college, but with high school, with AAU, Across the board. And then he knows football really well, too. I mean, yeah. He just knows sports. So, I mean, he's, well, he's kind of like us. He knows baseball. I mean, yeah, but he's better than us. Well, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody's got to start somewhere, we though. Can only, we can only hope to be to strive to be at that level. So, Lunny has been kind of the head coach. Oh, I'm not going to say kind of the head coach. He's been a head coach for about a week. Eight days. Eight days. Yeah, something like that. And I guess seven today, technically. In that eight days, I feel like the culture has changed. A lot. So you said something last week. That was, <laughs> oh boy. Well, no, that was interesting that you had asked, you know, one of the somebody that you know within you know, within the program, right, about the fill when Morris right. was fired, and it was relief, right. Well, if you read into some of what Lonnie said in his press conference today, I mean, I can see that. Like just from his, I mean, he made the point today that you know this past week was the first time they've all kind of got to smile and enjoy themselves in a while. Yeah. So I mean, that just tells you exactly where. The, the tension level within the football program was. I mean, it's, it's obvious that, that things were really bad inside that locker room. We can blame whoever we want. You want to blame Bielema guys, blame Bielema guys. You want to blame more? The fact is is that Chad Morris is no longer the head coach because of it and, and because of his lack of ability to control it. And no matter whose fault it was at the end of the day, he couldn't get it done. You know, they were, they were saying, and I'm, again, I'm not going to name any names, but you know my, who I was talking to, they kept, they kept hinting at, this could have been an NCAA violation as loss of institutional control. That's how that's how bad they said that it was getting into that locker room, that it could eventually lead there. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's big, and, and you just never know what direction it ends up going. But, I mean, we do. You, you lost Morris, and, and, and for good reason. So, right. But, but you're right. I mean, just listening to some of the stuff that Lunny had to say today, I didn't think it was overly impressive or, or crazy or anything like that. But – Listening to some of the stuff Lenny had to say today, it's definitely clear that he's he's got the locker room at least on the same page. I, I want I want you guys to listen. To that. I want you to listen to this because you brought it up before we the show uh, this afternoon. Go ahead and play that clip if you've got it ready. Yeah. But I want you guys to listen to this and just listen to the different tone from Chad Morris to Barry Lunny on a Monday press conference. The players on Tuesday. Have you guys made the decision? Players are talking with us tomorrow. No, I'm not. I'm not going to let them talk to you. For the next couple of days, I'm going to let them concentrate and uh, focus at the task at hand, and then make them available to you after the game this week. It's been a lot for them to handle and digest. Uh, I think unity is really important here, and I have no I have no concerns that any of our players would get up here and say something that didn't reflect that. But just for the time and situation that we're in, um, I made a decision that I'm going to be the voice right now. And that's just what we're going to do. I know you guys won't agree with that, but that's that's what we're going to do. And I hope you guys can respect that. Okay, so you're telling me that this guy does not have a shot at being head coach. 
with that attitude, I love it. No, I love it, and I love the control that he's taking. Yes. I mean, it's, and it's very matter-of-fact. There's no uh, 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 and, and coach speak, and it was matter-of-fact. No. Yeah, I'm it was a straight. Play. These are my players. I'm, con- I'm going to protect them I mean, right he now. killed it, man. Yeah. No. Yeah, so, I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm I'm – I'm 100% behind Barry Lunny for the next two weeks. Um, after that, no. I just th- – this program needs more than that. If we end up getting a guy like Barry Lunny uh, – and, and nothing against Lunny. The, 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 the fact is, though, is that who – what connections does – I know he's been – but he's been in Arkansas forever, so it's not like he's been in other places and, and gained connections. Um, and he made some other comments throughout the press conference today that would lead me to have some concern and pause as to whether or not he could attract you know, high-level staff because he's never been in that spot. He's always kind of just been the guy in the room, you know, and, and he's not ever been that leader because he was talking about meeting Orgeron a couple of years ago when I guess Bielema brought him in um, to do a little consulting and, and talk to the team and stuff before he went to LSU. And so, and he said, you know, I think he would remember. I think he may, I think he may remember talking to him. He probably doesn't know. So, I mean, that alone is it just kind of reiterates to me that, I mean, he's not, again, we were concerned about a guy like Morris being in over his head. And it's, I think, I think it's obvious, at least right now, that you have a locker room that's looking for a leader. And Barry Lunny yeah, has I become agree. I can, that leader. I agree with that. And, and they're going to follow him because they respect him. They didn't respect Morris. And and you get the differences. Just go back and, and go back to any press conference, not just this year, but any press conference since Morris has been here. Morris was never – he always tried to tiptoe around, around things, and he never felt like that leader. He just felt like that guy throwing coach speak and, 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 and different monikers and just stupid stuff that he'd just throw out there and say, whereas Lunny is very direct – very to the point, and this is what we're doing. This is what I'm going to do. I hope you can respect it, but I really don't care if you don't like it. You know, you made the comment, I want to say it was right after the Kentucky game in his press conferences that followed. Or no, was it after San Jose? I can't remember which one, but you were pretty spot on. And up to the last one that he had after uh, Western Kentucky, you knew he was done. Oh yeah, you knew because it just it kept getting progressively worse. We weren't learning anything. He wasn't answering questions, and you called it. You said you right at as soon as the game was over at Western Kentucky. You said just two words: "He's gone." Yep, yeah. and I mean you could tell there was no question. I mean, and you knew just the product that went out there, but you could tell in his press conferences. And the thing is, is when a guy who relies on coach speak and relies on all of these different little sayings that he wants to throw out there, when you start losing. Those things mean nothing, and you actually have to come out and give reasons, not excuses and not coach speak. He ran out of all of that. He ran out yeah. of the things to say, and no one was buying his coach speak anymore, obviously including the players. So at the end of the day, I, you know, this is something that I've thought about too when we start thinking about, you know, people have been really concerned about, about guys like Knox or Burks or KJ or others potentially leaving the program. Who's to say that maybe we don't have a better shot at keeping some of those guys with a new staff versus if Morris would have been retained for a third year. Because when you start seeing... Very good point. I mean, you start seeing some of the reactions. Again, we made this point last week, not trying to beat a dead horse, but... There's nothing left to this horse. Right, I mean, it's... Well, there's (laughs) a few maggots, that's about it. (laughs) There's there's nothing left. Oh, man. But, I mean, and so, I know we're, we're, we're beating that, but, you know... I lost my train of thought. Anyway, so... I don't need to beat the dead horse anymore because I lost the yeah. on it. But, but yeah, I mean. It, but you've it, got a very good point when it comes to had he been retained. 
Yeah, right. And and, and would these guys have hung around? Who you think there's have? a bigger risk involved if he'd have been retained? Oh, that we were much much bigger risk in overall health of the program. Whether it be, I think we potentially would have seen more guys leave. Um, and the point I was trying to make a, a second ago too was it came back. Came back. There you go. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you appreciate it. You're welcome. So, um, and then I lost it again. Oh come on! <laughs> I opened no, the when, door for when, you. When, when when Bielema was fired, it, you know there were a lot of guys that came out in his defense. You know how many? I don't know of any guys that have come out in Morris's defense. You know, openly. I, I follow every, almost almost is a, a lot of the, the the active on Twitter players. Right. Um, Active players on Twitter. There we go. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, not one of them said anything to the tune of 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 defending Jim yeah. Morris. I, I've seen nothing. I mean, you've seen the cryptic "Oh man" or or you know "What's next" kind of tweets, but nothing of like "Love that man." Hate to see you go. I mean, I've not even seen someone send him. Now, of course, this could be going on behind the scenes, but again, usually when you see coaches get fired, at least a few players put out something. You know. Hey, thanks for the time. Thanks for, I mean, some of them have. I now I did see that. I'm, uh, I and that's what I'm saying. I've apparently missed some because I've not seen any. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. There, there haven't been that many. Yeah, but I, take I, that back. I think Starkle did. Yeah, I there's a, there's been a few of them. Yeah. Now everybody, I want to I wanted to get your thought on this. I may be a little, bit of a curveball. Okay. When Bielema left, Morris got hired. Everybody kept saying, "Look at how bad more. Uh, look at how bad Bielema left the program." Right. How much damage did Chad Morris do? Did he leave it in a worse? So from the pub, well, okay, from the public's perspective, guys like you and me, the average fan, right? Okay. How bad off is Arkansas now, the football program now, versus when Bielema left? You know, to so honestly, I would think, and this is assuming that a new coach can come in and 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 keep some of these guys that are here. Um, but as of right now, I would argue that Bielema, I mean that, that that Morris is going to leave more talent than Bielema left. So okay, more more hope for the future. Now, I don't. It's not a healthier program in, in terms of what the locker room's dealing with, the culture that he was supposed to have changed, and all of that. That's not better. Obviously, I think that's worse even than it was because, and, and the reason I think it's worse is because you have two, again, you have you have guys that have been there basically two. You have two years worth of recruiting classes for Morris because he's been able to bring two actual. I mean, a, a mini recruiting class. I was gonna say give it a give then, it a one and a half. I mean, he's got two years worth of his players plus all the transfers, and then and then the guys that were holdovers. So you have two separate kind of philosophies in in, in groups of players already. And so you, you already have that 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 dilemma, um, and then just how down the entire program is right now. It's taking its toll on everybody. So I mean, I think talent wise, I think the program's in a better place. I think morale wise and and health of the program overall is in a worse place. The good thing about that though is if the next coach can come in and unite the locker room, he's already fixed half the battle. I mean, because at that point now, just bring a little more talent in, keep the talent that you have. Keep as much of it as possible. Get rid of a few bad apples if you have to. But at the end of the day, you, you've you've he the new coach is already going to be a little ahead of the curve in terms as long as it's a dynamic guy that can come in here and and really do do some things um, you know in terms of bringing the the, the program the, the the locker room together. Well, I mean, and of course this game Battle of the Boots Saturday. Hey, yeah. 
46 points. It is the largest, what do they call it? The largest point spread since 1970, since like the 70s. You hear that noise? Uh huh. Did everybody hear that? Uh huh. That was me dropping my notes because you just pissed me off. It made, Why? Made me, made me, made me remember something. Oh crap! Now you, <laughs> you bring that up, and it, it, oh gosh, this. How could you not know I was gonna bring that up? No, I wanted to bring it up too, but it now makes me change. This doesn't change. We, we, sorry, Will. The podcast is gonna be a few minutes longer than planned. So, wow, I completely threw you <laughs> off your game. Well, not really threw me off, but this was a thing that I've been thinking about today. And, and for the record, I did not piss you off. And, and no, you didn't piss me off. The, <laughs> the, the, the situation in general pissed me well, off. Well, yeah, not not you. I, I, but so, what was it? What what you? So when that spread came out, something that Lunny said when he was hired, or when he was named interim, and and even something he said today about this program playing for pride. Playing, you know, he made a really good comment. I actually probably should have brought that, grabbed that little soundbite, um, talking about today how people are saying, you know, they don't have anything to lose, but they don't have anything to gain. You know, what are they playing for? And he said, we have a lot to play for. We got a lot, you know. We, sure, we're not playing for you know postseason, but we have a lot to gain. Experience, um, the 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 opportunity to go play the number one team in the country at their place, um, and to play for Razorback pride, to play for pride as a program, and and so what makes me mad though is. How the hell did we get to this point as a program where we have the largest spread in the history of the SEC and maybe college football? I don't, as far as between two SEC teams, 46 and a half points. If that doesn't, I don't care how apathetic you are to our football program. If that doesn't piss you off as a Razorback fan, you're not a Razorback fan. It makes it makes me sick, dude. It does. It, and, I and just that's how far our program. And here's the thing: it's not even a bad number. But it, it, wait, no, but wait a minute. Now, at the same time, hence I wouldn't bet it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, LSU's pretty talented. They're a lot I, of talent. I, I mean, <laughs> I had them picked to be the national champion in preseason. No, look, I have no problem. The number is legitimate. Which brings me to the point of hashtag pack uh, sell out war memorial. Oh, that brings me to another point that I'll Gosh. take up in the next segment. Because, All right. Because, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've opened a lot of bad rabbit holes, didn't yeah, I? Those weren't even on my notes. <laughs> no. I was not expecting this. Oh man. So yeah, but um So we've got yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kinda dive into the battle of the boot. Okay. And then we've got we've got coaches. We've got we are gonna get our get our uh, our crystal ball and talk about the next head coach of the Arkansas Razorback football team right after this. Stay with us. We the people stand tall, equal, and free in pursuit of happiness and premium American spring water, mineral rich, revitalizing goodness with a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity and 7.8 pH bottled in glass to oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of we, 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 the people, the Mountain Valley spring water back to the source.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Natural State. Um, why are you laughing right now, Zach? I'm, I, it's, it's a fear laughter because <laughs> the way we left last segment, I'm a little terrified at where we're headed. It's not going to be that bad. <laughs> That's just, there were some things that I forgot to put in my notes today, and you reminded me. Of you know, I'm, I'm never going to believe you when you say that. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that meme. The guy sitting in the bus, and goes, I'm in danger. Right. <laughs> I'm coming. Yeah. So, so you brought up the, the CBS thing um, and, and the game being on Black Friday. Well, today there was some interesting comments made. Shameless plug. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. I got to thank Harris Made uh, Chef Services for sponsoring our tailgate spot this year. Yeah. Harris-Made.com. For over 30 years, Chef James Harris bringing his culinary expertise straight to you. Oh, and we're going to broadcast in live out there, too. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Pre-game. Join us. We'll, we'll, we'll have more information as we get closer to, right, to next week. But right. yeah, okay, so back to our regularly scheduled programming. So Greg Sankey comes. He was at the Touchdown Club today. I know. And basically, he put Arkansas on blast. Yeah, he did. And said, if we don't fill up War Memorial Stadium on, on the Friday after Thanksgiving, that we may not get that game back anymore. Wait a minute. I thought we weren't going to get that back anyway. No, no, and there's no guarantee. So every year it has to be picked up. That game, that game stays in Little Rock every other year. Um, the years that we, and then it's going to go up to Kansas City. The the years that they're supposed to be the home team. So why? That's the the deal is until that contract's up. So, well, I, I'm hey, I'm cool with it. I'll go to Arrowhead and watch them play that game. You're not going fun. without me, dude. We'll, uh, we'll have to go next year. I know, right? Oh, that's the day. Hey, that's okay. Our that's wife, all right. Our, our wives will be Black Friday shopping. She's not going to be there Friday, this Friday anyway. She's going to be shopping. Yeah, there you go. So, I just got to make sure I have my debit card. <laughs> yeah. So I have a bone to pick, though. Oh, crap. With Greg Sankey. Uh, Steve, wait a minute. Does the SEC have say in where we play our games as far as in Little Rock? Well, it's not about where we play. What they're saying is that CBS will no longer ha- pick up the game. Oh, 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 we'll no okay. Play. So CBS picks up that slot every year. And okay. It's up to them if we, I they thought he was talking more game. about having the game at War Memorial. So here's my bone to pick. We, I don't care if LSU didn't consider it a rivalry. The battle for the boot is a rivalry. I don't care what you say. It's always been a fun game. It's almost always a close game. From time to time, one you know LSU's blown us out. They'll probably blow us out this year. But realistically, that game has always had major meaning. No matter how good or bad mm-hmm. the two teams were, it was, all, it, was, it was the closest thing that Arkansas had to a rivalry in this conference, period. And the SEC said, F you, and made us get rid of it and tried to throw us on this stupid battle line who cooks the best meth state rivalry that we have going right now. And it's you like, want to try that line again? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's so I was, frustrating. I was trying to maintain posture. I was like, don't laugh. He just totally jacked that line <laughs> up. Whoever. <laughs> hey, man, it's the, it's the meth cook-off. So that's what they, that's, that's what they do. <laughs> Somewhere between here and there in the Ozarks, they're having a meth cook-off. <laughs> so oh. then, but seriously, like, what? So, <laughs> so, so, you. You want I know we suck. Like, I know this program is terrible right now, but you want us to show up, injury, which I hope we do. I really I hope we pack I hope we pack that stadium just to. Well, it's and it's not it's not the players' fault by any mean stretch of the imagination. Right. We need to show them the support. Well, and you think about how crappy Senior Day was. I mean, I, I, they, they got smashed and 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 their coach got fired. <laughs> so so I was there for that game. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, shout out to my big sister, by the way, who I got to hang out with. Awesome time. It, it, it was so bad. There, okay, so at kickoff, there was probably 20,000, maybe. By the end of the first quarter, it was probably 10. Yeah. By halftime, you're looking at maybe five. Right. And the booze, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it was an ugly senior day, but we've been able to move forward. And really, we could treat this as a second opportunity, a senior day for, for, the, for these players. And so, we should. But my, my, So, my point is, though, uh, and, and then we'll move on, but – CBS and the SEC cannot make, give us these kind of ultimatums when they're the ones that gave us this game. I, I can promise you that this game would be higher rated if we were playing the number one team in the country in LSU on that on that day instead of playing freaking Missouri, who the only interesting part of the whole thing would have been the Kelly Bryant-Chad Morris connection and, and the Nance thing. And, and so – for the for Sankey to come out and for the C, and for CBS and, and the SEC to be giving us this ultimatum, here's an idea. Maybe you shouldn't have taken our true rivalry game away to begin with. Because I promise you that if this game was against LSU in Little Rock, that stadium would be absolutely rocking. Even in the state the program's in now. Yes, because fans will show up for that. Little Rock fans will show up in droves for an LSU game. They have always. It doesn't matter how good or bad we are. We show up in droves for that game every single time. So, I'm checking my phone. This is great radio, but I'm checking my phone right now. Have you seen the score of the Kentucky? 79-74, 14 seconds to go. Uh, Kentucky's up. 10 seconds. Kentucky's now up 81-74. They're going to win it. Well, Kentucky's oh. getting pushed this year. They got beat last week by who? Evansville. 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 So, yeah. Who just got, by the way, <clears throat> who just got beat at home by SMU. So, <laughs> okay. I, I talked to Will about this a little bit, and we, we touched on it. Last week. Yeah. I'm trying to word this where I don't sound like a complete jackass. Is the lane train... I'm going to go ahead and say it. Is the lane train coming to Arkansas? That's the new thing going out there now. Hashtag lane train. Yeah. Lane Kiffin. Um, Florida Atlantic. Apparently, there's a connection between him and Lance Thompson. Right. Who also has connections with... Uh, Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman. Right. Now, what is all of this? I mean, you got Sam Pittman in the supposedly in the running, Lane Kiffin, Gus Mouth, all the usual names. The names I'm not supposed to mention. Yep, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't uh, it. I, don't, I told you they're not to be to be brought up on this podcast. You tried to vote me off the island <laughs> twice now. Well, I will. You keep bringing that up. <laughs> We will, we will bring a beating of the board. <laughs> the beating of the board. <laughs> beating, meeting, whatever. <laughs> And it will happen. We will. The English it. language is not your friend tonight, it is, is it? Not man. So, what are and, and give me Steve's points. Well, okay, going back on your point real quick with, with, with Lane Kiffin. So, yeah. Um, I I think it's interesting the number of people that are against Lane Kiffin for for no reason whatsoever. Like I feel like as you talk to people, I, I like you know I participate in the message boards and. And, and play on social media and all the other mediums. And it's really interesting. You to have me had some colorful tweets yeah, here lately. I have. But it's been interesting to me to see the number of the, the amount of hate towards Lane Kiffin. When realistically, I think the only reason that these people don't like Lane Kiffin is from a personal standpoint. It's nothing to do. And, and it's just, it's media. And, and, and I shouldn't say that. It, some of it's earned. I mean, you know, some of the things that Lane has done over the years has been immature and, and, and earned. But his on paper, when you look at what he's done, and I'm gonna, and I'm not. This is not me advocating for Lane Kiffin. I'd be perfectly okay if they hired Lane Kiffin, but 
from from a from an X's and O's standpoint of what Lane would bring here, um, you know, I've made this point many many times. Some of y'all listening are probably tired of me hearing me hearing me make this point about Lane, but the fact is, is that Lane Kiff, Kiffin went to Oakland where no one succeeds. Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. then got offered a job in the SEC where he improved them by three, two or three wins, made them bowl eligible, went seven and six. I think they were four and seven or four and eight or five and seven the year before that under under Fulmer before he got fired and that whole issue. So remind me again, real quick. Don't no, no no need to jump deep into the rabbit hole. Yeah. But why did he get fired from? I, I thought he resigned from Tennessee. He, or something. Well, I think it was kind of a forced deal if I remember if I remember correctly and and, and probably wrong, but. Thought the whole issue there was he had some recruits over for a dinner or something. It was it was an NCAA violation. Oh, uh, it's it probably whole, during the dark, dark it, time it, yeah, or whatever. Dead dark, period or whatever. Dark, dead period. Dead dark. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't remember. Ever exactly heard of the dark ages? Now, but, but I mean, they they fired a guy that had brought a national championship to Tennessee, and things were just not great at that point. And and so sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> so so Lane comes in and takes them to seven and six season. And then pisses everybody off because he goes to his dream school. Gets offered by his dream job. I'm sorry, but if my dream job called tomorrow, I don't really know what that would be. But if if someone offered me the Niners, dream, hey, maybe yeah, sure. I mean, whatever. You know, broadcaster for for you know, ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, but I'm out. Like it's nothing about the fact that I just started doing this a few months ago. It's the fact that that's what I that's my dream. Like I would love to do that. So I have no problem with Lane leaving and doing what he did. And, and going to USC. He was then slapped with massive sanctions that weren't his fault. In year two, they could have played for a national championship potentially, but they were banned from postseason play. Couldn't even play in their tournament championship, which they were number one in their division of the Pac-12. And then things kind of fell apart after that as recruiting sanctions hit and, and everything else started, and they couldn't get out of a lot of that. And well, but was, at the same time, I mean, being strapped under you under those sanctions that hmm, yeah, I mean, hashtag thank you Pete Carroll right I mean and so it's not I'm not saying it was his fault at all I thought that he was he so his firing by UFC was probably sum not it, really warranted to sum it up because we like I said we could go on and on oh, yeah. and on but yeah. but to sum it up he basically has a winning record does he not yeah I mean he was 28 and 15 at USC he was 7 and 6 at Tennessee and now he's uh, 23 and 13 at FAU so let that one be the spotlight and, okay and let me let me make another point He's 23 and 13 at FAU, a program that won 14 games total in the five years prior to him coming there. So I think the biggest question is, is we've been sold on that kind of thing before. Okay. Yeah, but he's done it at the Power Five level. <coughs> he did it at USC. SMU, SM, not Power Five, or the Group Five? No. The group, group of Five? Five, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 they're not I would, Power Five. Yeah. I legit, I, I didn't think they were yeah, Power they're, Five. They're I, didn't, five. I, didn't, I didn't know what level they were. I knew they weren't Power Five, though. Yeah, um, which of course he's at the group of five level now, but yeah. I honestly think with Lane, and again, I'm not advocating for Lane either. Whoever they get, hell, they can go out and get Tommy Tuberville if desperate desperate times call for desperate measures. I'm just saying. <laughs> but but, and I made this point with Will last week. Based on how Hunter Yurichek has been, the hiring of Eric Musselman, the hire of uh, Jordan Weber with the gymnastics team, he had an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Okay. The youngest coach in Division One sports. Yep. I think I trust him good well enough. Not like I have any say in it, but well, and I'll tell you, I'll say this too. You asked me before we started recording if I'd heard anything, and I've had a lot of people, you know, message me asking me if I've heard anything. Um, my connections, nothing. Silence. Nobody hears. Nobody knows a thing. Nobody's hearing anything, and I'm hearing that across the board. If, if you're being told something right now, it is straight-up rumor. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. that Those doors are sealed as tight as possible with what with what, with, uh, what Eurocheck's doing. 
Oh, give me a time frame, just rough estimate of when you think we might hear something. Oh, I, I think it'll be after conference championship weekend, probably at the earliest. I mean, I guess if you were going after like a Matt Campbell or a or even a Lane, that you could get him as soon as the regular season ends. So the Monday after, so not so after the Missouri game, potentially have somebody named. See, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm hearing. The earliest we would hear something is immediately following Black Friday. That kind of that kind of week there. Yeah, I would assume that if that would be the earliest, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday time frame of that week after. Um, I think more than likely, though, you're probably going to bleed this into. I think there's the coaches, the big coaches convention up in the north, up in New York or whatever, around December. 11th ish, somewhere in that range. Um, and I think that's more than likely when you'd see somebody hire Ruby after that, because that's usually when coaches kind of get together and, and, and interview and they can do it kind of under the disguise of being somewhere where they're somewhere else. So, and I, I think that's probably the more likely scenario would be sometime in that time frame. Um, and the cool thing about Lane, again, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm all over the Lane train trying to promote him here, but the cool thing about Lane is if you followed his recruiting at FAU, it's not really good right now. Like, I think they're 140th or something in recruiting or, or wherever they are, way down the, down the line. But um, if, you, if you look at how he's recruited previously, he's never really done good in the early signing period. He has is, he is really done really well off of kind of picking those really good guys that got passed over in the early signing period or have blown up late. Right. So he could do well coming here with short time in the early. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I want your pointers. Okay. And I, I promise I won't interrupt unless you ask me a question. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what qualities does the next Arkansas coach need, in your opinion? So this is my opinion and my opinion only, and I took some time today to kind of f- to, to think about this and brainstorming this for a few days. I had some time last week. I had a stomach bug, and then my kids had a stomach bug. And so it's been a – yeah. It's been, Will had the same thing. Well, it's not fun. So, no, no. So I think number one, and, and the interesting part, and I'll make this point at the end too, is, or I'll make this point at the end, but the interest. So the number one, an ability to adapt. And what I mean by that is Arkansas is in a unique position where I don't know that you can really build a, a specific type of game plan or specific scheme. At Arkansas, I think you have to be open to adjusting your scheme to the type of players that you can really get year in and year out. That doesn't mean it has to be drastic changes, but you have to be able to adapt as an offensive play caller or an offensive-minded guy or bring an OC in that can do that. Um, I think it's it's very important to understand the best fit and scheme at Arkansas. Um, Number two, have to understand the unique culture of Razorback football and and understand the significance of the heart of a kid who bleeds Razorback red. So – I can see it on your face <laughs> over there. <laughs> I'm not going the direction you think I'm going. Not happening, and I'm also not going to mention it. But <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help it. I, I, I honestly could not. But help there it. is a lot to be said. There are guys in this state who have been even passed over with Morris right now. Who Jacoby Criswell is a guy that comes to mind immediately. This is a guy who's a big arm quarterback. You know, Clint Sterner t- speaks very highly of him. Several other guys speak really highly of him. He's mobile. He's big. He's strong. He's got a cannon for an arm, and this is a guy that that, that Morris passed over just because he could bring, just so he could bring his son in. I, I mean, Criswell tried to tried to commit multiple times during his junior year when he tore his ACL, and the staff was like, "Nope, nope, hold up, hold up, hold up." And then they got Chandler's commitment, or knew they were getting Chandler's commitment, and were like, "Hey, you know, I mean, you can, you can, you can, you you, you can commit if you'd like." And I mean, at that point, really, you want to go there when they're basically not really wanting you. So, but. All signs point to the fact that he would potentially be extremely interested in Arkansas, depending on who we hire. So 
I think that's an important piece of it. Um, you have to be able, it's, you have to be able to understand that and understand the culture of the fans. I mean, it is a unique position, and you have to have a guy that at least can embrace and understand that. Um, Real yeah. quick on, on on your second point. Yeah. <clears throat> the fan base right now is, and I'm I'm going to use the word. Please, again, nobody wreck the cars. And please, Steve, don't come across the table at me. I'll do my best. We're in a real fragile state right now. Fragile. Fragile. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, well, and I say that because I've, I've, I have watched Razorback games or listened to Razorback games, whether it's Paul Eels, Mike Nail, uh, Chuck Barrett, or watched the games, okay? Whether it's John L. Smith, Bobby Petrino, Houston Nutt, Brett Bielema, and even Chad Morris. I was in the military, and I was still keeping up with it. Okay, since 1998. I've gotten to the point now, it is hard to finish a game. It's hard to sit through one based on on how rapid declining we're getting and we're hitting rock bottom. The, so the good news is, is hopefully we've already hit rock bottom and we can start slowly climbing out. So that's the hope, and that's what the fan base has to kind of cling to at this point. You got rid of the guy that's basically brought us the rest of the way to the bottom of as far deep as we can get in this hole. Now we just have to support the guy that they bring in. Hopefully, I, this is an extremely important hire. I mean, this is huge for, I mean, you think about it. Guys like us in, in our 30s who don't have a great recollection of great football. I mean, we got Petrino and a little bit of nut. But I'm an old that. soul if you, you know. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, though, when you think about, I mean, you said since 98. Well, my so first. You, you have a few good years. I in. can tell you exactly the, the first game I was listening to when I, like, became an Arkansas fan. Yeah. Arkansas, Tennessee. Yeah. 1998. Paul Eels on the radio. Yeah. I can tell you where I was, what I was doing, and how excited I was. Right. And, and, and that's, and so. So when you think about that from our perspective, it's been really bad other than a, a, a couple of peaks here and there with Petrino and a few years under Houston that it's possible that if they get this high or wrong, we may not see good football in our in our lifetime or at least not for a long time to come. You know, just – I mean, it's this is going to be a big hole to dig out of in, in, if, if we're not careful with who we hire. All right. When we come back, we're going to wrap this up. You're going to get your final three points back after this. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley Spring Water. All right, we are back. Had to pay the bills for a minute, but now we get your final three points of what qualities are needed for the next Arkansas Razorback football coach. So next to me is you have, they have to be able to relate and help build up high school coaches in this state. Uh, and really, this is something that all the universities in this state are, should be tasked with at this point, but high school football must improve in the state. We have to get 
better products specifically in Central Arkansas in the Little Rock School District. That's something that is, is absolutely killing the University of Arkansas. And, and it's been talked about over and over, but there are athletes in Little Rock. There are. Now, they're not on the football field a lot of times. And, and there's not been a concerted effort in Little Rock to, to get these kids on the football field and to, and to pour into their lives like they should. There's a huge opportunity there. And I think the, all the – not just University of Arkansas, but University of Arkansas being the flagship program in the state really really needs to step in. And, and, I, and not from – obviously, you know, there's, they're, they're limited on what they can do, but there's some resources that they should be able to give and, and, really, and really pour into these programs to help bring right. football back. Um, the other huge one is, is especially with, with the state of Arkansas producing as little as they do, have to be able to recruit well in Tulsa, Memphis, Texas, and Louisiana. And, and I use Tulsa and Memphis – and then two states because Tulsa and Memphis are huge to Arkansas recruiting. You know, Tulsa were battling Oklahoma and some of the smaller schools, Oklahoma right. State. You know, and of course Memphis were battling Tennessee and Ole Miss, Mississippi State. But those are two very, very fertile recruiting grounds that are a short drive to Fayetteville. Tulsa's, I mean, literally across the street. Yeah. I mean, it, and so you have, and they've done a good job of tapping into that. But when Arkansas is at its best, Houston Nutt said it earlier. When Arkansas is at their best. You bring the best kids, the, the best kids that bleed Razorback Red out of the state, and then you find pieces around the area that you can bring in to tie into those guys. It just it makes a whole world of difference in the culture of what this what this university brings. Have to have the ability to develop two and three star talent to play a star or two above their rankings. That's probably the biggest key at Arkansas is in terms of having sustained success is bringing guys like a Jamal Anderson who was a two star basketball recruit from, from basically and turning him into an All Pro. In the who NFL. was the word receiver when Brandon Allen was quarterback? He's I think he he went to Miami. Uh, Grant Morgan's Drew, brother. Yeah, Drew Morgan. Drew Morgan. Yeah. God, I cannot remember that guy's name. I yeah. knew him as a Morgan. Right. He. I don't think he was. I think he was a two or three star. Recruit. Yeah. I mean, these guys. And so you've got to have guys like that that have that heart to succeed. Um, I mean, you know, Ty Story is a prime example of that. The dude had more heart than a lot of guys we've had, and he reveled in the fact that he got to come back here and, and kick Chad Morris's butt over over what all happened while he was here. So it's important to that, and because again, to sustain that success. You have to have your. This program lives off of two, three high three star guys, and those two stars that you can develop. So we have to have a guy that can develop talent, not just bring in top talent, because it's going to be hard, especially early on, to bring in a lot of top talent. And then my, my final piece is is offensive minded. Arkansas absolutely cannot afford to change philosophies again, and and, and we can't afford to try and out physical teams to win. Arkansas has to have a philosophy that focuses on creating unique unique on-field mismatches. So, in other words, you know, a guy like Mike Leach does a really good job of that where he gets guys in space with his air raid offense. People say that – the and I was one of that. I don't – you know, I thought – I think it – I feel like it could potentially be a, a longer transition to go to the air raid. But when you think about it, it's – a lot of it is quick hits. A lot of it is shallow slants. A lot of the things that Petrino had a lot of success with when he was here of, of getting people – of getting traffic in the middle – and using that to get guys open quickly to not put as much pressure on your offensive line. It's not a you know a, a, a five or six step drop, stand back there, wait for a guy to get forty yards downfield and heave it. That's part of the offense, but you use the short passing game as your running game. And so honestly, what he could bring in terms of being able to move the ball quickly down the field could be huge to Arkansas in rebuilding quickly. So that's why a guy like Leach is on my it should be on Arkansas's radar at this point as a guy that they should be looking at. Um, you know, when you think about the defensive side of the ball and what we, how we can be successful, 
Arkansas doesn't need a top 10 defense. Arkansas needs a top 50 defense. A top 40, 50, even Absolutely. maybe top 60. If Arkansas is in the upper half of Division One football in defense, they're going to be fine as long as we have a, an open offense. Sure, we're going to win games 52 to 30, but does the fan base want to win 52 to 30 or lose lose 62 to 20? I mean, that's where we are at this point. Because, yeah. And, and, and to be honest, we can complain about that, but that's college football right now. Look across the landscape. It doesn't matter if it's the SEC. Hey, what was the score of the LSU-Bama game the other day? I mean, 46-41, 46-44, something so, like that. And no one's complaining. I mean, Alabama fans aren't They've come lost. a long way since that 9-6 ball game, didn't right. they? So, I mean, when you, when you think about where the landscape of college football has gone, it you know, offense wins the game. It's catered to offense because of the excitement. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this end of basketball just briefly. Uh, everybody knows we talked to Eric Musman over the summer, right? And he hadn't played a minute of basketball yet. He ne- hasn't hasn't not not even a, not even an inkling, right? I asked him just in passing. I said, "What what is what do you think the identity of this team is?" He said, "I don't know. We won't know. We won't know for a while." Defense. <laughs> it's defense right now. But why doesn't why don't why won't the I'm I'm hoping the next Razorback football coach takes that same approach. Come in, learn what you've got, look at what you have, and know what you need. Yeah. And decipher what that whether and again, I'm gonna make the little vein in your head pop before too long. Whether it's and I'm using these as examples, whether it's triple option, whether it's the RPO, whether it's the air raid, the spread, whatever. Okay. Figure it out before you start saying left lane hammer down and well, all yeah, these other and, things. And and that that brings me to the point with Morris and I and I made this point. I thought Morris absolutely had the right blueprint to win at Arkansas. Everything that he did was exactly what another coach needs to come in here and do, except win the locker room. He never won the locker room at the University of Arkansas. He was he he ne- he he came in with a sales pitch that he never put it. And, and I think he had the blueprint, and, and, and he said that a lot. He had the blueprint. He just didn't know how to how, how to make the blueprint work. And, and that was his biggest issue. And, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. But because he had the blueprint in other areas, that's why we have guys like K.J. Jefferson and Trey Knox and Traylon Burks and Amante Spivey and even Rakeem Boyd. And, guys, and even, I mean, let's be real, even Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle's got talent. It's mm-hmm. just – He's, he was not coached up this year. It's obvious he was not. Coached I think up. if if Starkle hangs around, I think you'll see a different Starkle next year. I mean, I hope so because I mean, depending on who you hire, you may need him. I mean, yeah. as good as KJ could be, I mean, we don't know what the situation is going to be next year. I mean, does if you bring a Mike Leach in, Leach in, does KJ fit? Leached. <laughs> if you bring um, a Mike Leach in, does he fit that that mold of what an air raid would be, or does Starkle? I think Starkle fits that. I think Starkle, but I think I think K, I think you could. Put something together for KJ. Potentially, but KJ may want to go run an RPO somewhere too. True. So, I mean, who knows? So, oh. So, <clears throat> so, we talked about some stuff we wanted to talk about tonight. Since we went a little long, I'm going to throw a little bit of extra fun in there. You're, you're going to do it, aren't you? You're, you're going you're gonna to go, go there. I'm gonna you're going to go there. I'm, gonna, I'm a Niners fan. I have to go there. Oh, crap. All right. So, we don't. I, I'm, listen, I, I want to make this perfectly clear before we get off on this tangent. We. As a podcast and as, as 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 folks in the sports world, we do not like to jump in the political realm of things, and we won't. This is not a political conversation. I'm not making this point for any political reason. It's not political. I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat off that real quick. Yeah, go for it. It's not political driven. It's not. 
Will's going to kill me. It's not racially driven. Right. I have my own, th- and it's all football related to me. Yeah. So, so over the weekend, our our good buddy, Mister Colin. No, Kaepernick- no, 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 no! Don't you put me on that train. So, so Colin Kaepernick decided has has complained for what three years now? I guess that he's been blackballed by the league. And has it been and, three? I thought it was. I thought it was longer than that. Well, it's the whole thing's been going on long, but it's, I think it's been three years since that all went actually started. He started saying he's being blackballed, or however long it's been, regardless. As a Niners fan, it was a lot of fun watching Kaepernick those couple of years that he was really good. The Super Bowl year, you know, those were fun times as a Niners fan. So I have to ask, what happened? So did I, he did he get a? And again, I'm I'm not endorsing anybody, especially especially after what happened this past weekend. I'm not I'm not endorsing anybody to give anybody a CTE or brain injury. Or hit each other over the head with a helmet or oh, anything like that. That was but, ugly. But what what happened to to Kaepernick that he just spiraled downward? So I, I think initially, I think the difference in philosophy with Harbaugh, for whatever reason, Harbaugh did not want him running as much. And I think part of it was once they moved on from Alex Smith and they named and they named Kaepernick the starter going forward and he took some shots, I think it got to a point where they wanted to protect him. They didn't want him running around as much and getting hit. But that was where he was successful. Now, the thing is, is at that point, the league hadn't really embraced the mobile quarterback. I mean, you had, you had guys like Vic and a few other guys over the, over the years, but you see guys today like Lamar Jackson and, and Mahomes who – who really are kind of run-first type guys that have have good arm out. Mahomes has elite arm talent. But, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson who are pretty good. But the league has, has really embraced guys like that. They weren't back then. And so the number one issue that I think happened with Kaepernick was he was he, – he was they changed a lot of the way he, they wanted him to play, and I think that hurt him because he's not a pocket-passing quarterback. He does not have elite arm talent in the NFL. And so – but here, so here's my here's my only issue, and this is what really aggravated me following this whole story. Kaepernick has tried to say that he's been blackballed from the league. You are trying to get hired at a job, a job that has a public persona. The public follows this. Millions, probably maybe billions of people around the world follow this product. I'm not saying that Kaepernick has to walk in and do everything that the league tells him to do because we know there's some corruptness within all major sports leagues. There's things that happen that we will never be privy to, that we will never understand. And again, Spygate. Well, but also not to throw the racial side into it, but let's be real. There's a lot of really old money that own football teams, and oh, there's God, probably yes. some racist white dudes running these football teams. I'm not, I'm not saying there's not, Absolutely. And what Kaepernick is doing or trying to do or whatever, that's that that's that's his choice. He can he can do the social. I just think thing. he's going about it the wrong I, way. I agree, and, and I don't mean that by kneeling. I don't mean that by kneeling at all. Because you, as a as a service member, you know, you fought for his right to kneel. Whether we agree with him doing it or not doesn't matter. You fought for his right to do that as an American. Even Correct. Though, and if and if I want to find it offensive, that's my prerogative, just like it's your prerogative. That doesn't make it any less wrong or right for him. The problem is, is he's making it a circus. He's not actually making a difference. He's making it a circus. And you look at this weekend, and it was a prime example of a circus. So the NFL sets everything up for him. 25 teams ready to attend at an Atlanta Falcons facility. So he's in a professional facility with 25 NFL teams there. 
And 30 minutes prior to this thing supposed to happen, he throws a hissy fit because of a waiver that he doesn't want to sign. It wasn't even the waiver. It was the verbiage in the waiver, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was verbiage in the waiver and and, and how it was, I guess, how it was put. And he didn't like that. And then they wouldn't let him have his film crew in there to film it. And he just wanted, quote, unquote, transparency. Well, so what does he do? He supposedly, at the last second, has a public high school football field ready to go with full security that's an hour away from the from the actual original location. He's got security. He has people already in place with shirts on that are that are that are cheering for him. So so he doesn't have to worry about then he goes out and he runs a bunch of stupid little routes and then comes off the field and is like, look guys, I threw the football. Like, okay, you turned something in that the NFL was giving you an opportunity into an absolute media circus. The fact is, is that you, Colin Kaepernick, are making this about you. Mm-hmm. This isn't about, or this isn't about getting back in the league. This is about you keeping your name out there to push your agenda. Now, he don't, I don't even think he knows what his agenda is I, because. I, well, I think he, I think him and his people know what his agenda is. He just has a hard time articulating it to us, and that's the problem. And so. When you think about his his future and what he's trying to do, you want to play on a professional football team. But you're making it obvious that the reason you want to play on a professional football team is to have a larger pulpit to stand on to preach what you want to preach. Not because you want to make a a franchise better. Not because you want to come in and be a leader of a football team. But because you want to make yourself bigger. You want your fame to rise so that you can reach more people. That's fine. Find a different way to do it because guess what? No ownership in this league is going to bring a quarterback. Quarterback. This isn't this isn't the wide receiver or the running back or a linebacker. This is the guy that's going to lead your franchise, that's going to touch the ball on every single play, and he's a me guy. He's all about me. I, th- that's why he's not getting a job. No, yeah. I mean, the media circus that he created yesterday, that'll be tenfold the first time he steps on a practice field at whatever franchise he ends up at. The league and these teams don't want that. They have enough bad press as it is. They don't want to add to it with bull crap. With being, well, look at like look Sorry, at the. Be... Oh no, 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 no! I, this is coming from a true Niner fan. Yeah. I, okay. This is coming from a true Niner and, fan. And don't get me. I was a huge Kaepernick fan, and my change in stance on Kaepernick has nothing to do with his actions. It's the fact that he's just not a good football player. He's and not, he's, and he's not. And and player. and for everybody thinking that that this is a. Everybody that 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 we're it's a race issue or it's a political issue or it's something other than what it's meant to be. I think it's been mutilated and mutated into a bigger ordeal than it needs to be. Yeah. If he's kneeling for oppression of whatever, go out into that community. Go out to that to to that part of town. Go out to you know, and 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 actually do something if you're if you're gonna talk a big game play the big game and don't get me wrong he has donated time and money into certain organizations but at the end of the day i don't feel like regardless of what his point is he is creating more of a media circus than 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 his employer that he's wanting to get a job with perfect perfect example and it's gonna get flipped and twisted and then i'm gonna get all kinds of hate mail jj watt Okay. Signed a big 
endorsement with a with a shoe company or mm-hmm. a shoe or whatever. He donated all of those proceeds to veterans. Yeah. Not just veterans. I mean, the ones that really need it. Right. Did he go out and make a media and and, and boast about it to the media? No. No. He just did his thing. He just does it. Cap, if you want to be a quarterback, if you want to be a leader, start acting like one. Yeah. Well, and you have to decide, too. Are you going to be a leader in the social justice world? Or are you going to be a leader on the football field? And I'm not. You not can't saying, be both. Well, I, I wouldn't. I'll argue that you can be both, but there's a time and a place for both. And 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 wearing Kunta Kinte shirts, you know, under your jersey or something out on the football field, just like it probably wasn't wise for just for 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 Nick Starkle to turn into Justin Bieber. There it is. And 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 do all that. I mean, it was a distraction. At the end of the day, it was a distraction. NFL teams have all have enough things to worry about their their franchises and distractions. They don't want to add a piece that that's, that that is avoidable. You all right over there? Yeah, yeah had a burp caught. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest oh, feeling ever. Man, well, that's yeah, one way to. Oh it. man, okay. So <laughs> I get to finally announce when Katie's coming back. All right, because everybody's tired of looking at me and just me. Yeah, well, maybe been we one show, it. dude. One show, and they're already like, "Where's Katie?" We can we can hopefully fix. So that. Katie will be back January twenty fourth. Okay, she's gonna be helping me. Learn gymnastics. Good luck. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Should have heard me talking about a gymnastics meet last year. She had me watch, I think it was like the SEC Regionals, and they were hopping and jumping and flipping and hitting the ground. I'm going, well, hell, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, to watching how this gymnastics team is under, under Jordan Weaver. Hey, I, I mean, it, any, anybody want to go to – Bobby Petrino's favorite sport and go watch some volleyball because now that I'll watch. <laughs> it is my favorite to watch in college. <laughs> oh, God. You had to go there, didn't you? I did. I mean, come on, man. Like, there's reasons why we watch gymnastics and, and, and volleyball and other sports. Easy sports. there, buddy. Sports. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Whoa. The, the lingerie bowl at the end of the, the Super Bowl. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So we're playing in Death Valley, wrapping it up here. In Death Valley, what is it, 6? 6, 6, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, SEC Network. Yeah, one of those. Maybe ESPN. I don't even know. ESPN. See, I don't I don't even know. Um, I, I don't think we're going to get embarrassed, per se. Um, but I would not be... I would I would not I would not be looking for a victory. Oh <laughs> no, no. But if we can stay within twenty four, but I, I do think I do think you're going to see a different different side of this team. Yeah. Six o'clock. But, um, Thanksgiving is coming up. You guys hang out with your families, enjoy it, and then the very next day, come hang out with us. Yeah, and hey, maybe we'll have a podcast out for next week if we do it. We're oh, we're debating and it, you can, and you can listen to it while you eat your Thanksgiving dinner because that would be awesome, and that'll lead you into. Wait for it. Steve and Justin's live show debut. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's that going to d- happen, what, that Friday? <laughs> yep. Oh, man, that'll be fun. <laughs> Just going to be us. But uh, good times, man. It's it good. Good but like I said, Thanksgiving's next week. You got Christmas right around the corner. You guys hang out with your families. Um, if, if you haven't spoken to them all year, invite them into your home. If you don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving... 
shoot us a message, man. I'm sure somebody will, will open their house. I'm not talking about one, either, one of us, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, I mean, they're, you've got friends, you've got family. Uh, yeah. I hope everybody stays safe in their travels next week. Stay warm. Stay warm. It's supposed to rain on Friday. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, all right. Nothing beats last year, though. Good God, it was cold and wet. But here, another week in the books. All right, man. Basketball season's amping up. Football season's winding down. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And then we'll be right to baseball. A lot to talk about in baseball. Yeah. Big Big stuff coming up. And I think we've got a big live on location coming up for baseball, too. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that. Sounds good. For Steve, I'm Zach. You've been listening to Inside the Natural State from Natural State Sports. So long, everybody. Woo pig. Woo pig. Remember to join us every week as Zach and Steve bring the best in fan reaction to Arkansas sports. Follow us on social media for the best of fan-driven, unfiltered content.